Hi, I'm Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. This podcast is about all things related to honest health and wellness, eating disorder recovery, lifestyle stuff, and more. I want to share my personal experience along with interviewing amazing guests to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. I've honestly always had a hard time allowing myself the dessert. If you have to, let's get real and take the cake. Take the Cake is about informing, inspiring, and educating you. It's not intended to diagnose or treat anything. It's simply for your entertainment, and I just want to give a trigger warning to anyone who is easily triggered by topics centered around disordered eating and stuff like that. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. Today, we have a friend of mine. Her name is Sammy. She is incredible, and she and I talk about her history with uh, having an eating disorder with orthorexia and binging, and then she also talks about the F-Factor diet, her experience with being on this diet for a year, basically, and the F-Factor diet has recently kind of surfaced, and it's pretty trendy, and there's been some allegations And she talks about her experience with it mentally and physically. And she also shares about her experience with recovery, with going to treatment. And she talks about her previous job. She used to work for a company that works with fitness influencers. It's a fitness company. So it's just really interesting to hear hear her perspective. We have a lot in common, but at the same time, we're you know, have a, like a little bit of different industries. So I'm excited for you guys to hear her perspective. She is incredible, so inspiring, and just shares some really great information. So without further ado, here is my friend, Sammy. Okay, today we have Sammy. She's here with me, and I'm so excited to talk to you, Sammy. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course. Um, I just wanted to start off with a background about, you know, I know a lot about you, but no one else really does on here. So if you could just tell me about how you ended up being in the spot you are. Um, You struggled with an eating disorder, which we'll talk more about, but even more than that, just kind of briefly talk about where you, how you got here. Take it away. So (laughs) I'm inventing where to start. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, growing up in high school, um, I was actually, you know, trying to sing and do that lifestyle where I was, you know, almost in the studio probably seven times a week. And I lived in the studio singing and I had amazing opportunities come, you know, come through. And I had amazing um, record labels behind me and managers and you know, it was, it was a lot for just someone that was so young. And then, you know, from there, I think I realized that it really, it was, I was doing it for other people and not for myself, um, mm-hmm. which led me to, you know, get into the fitness industry. I mean, it was interesting because when I was singing, it was like, I would rather have been doing a workout, but I don't know if that was my eating disorder talking or if that was like, you know, what I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from there, um, I was really obsessed with fitness and, 
you know, activewear. And I had a, such a love for it because I literally wore activewear every single day of my life. Like not even kidding. I would be in high school, like, and I, in the yearbook or something, I, I won, like doesn't own real clothes, only activewear. <laughs> like not even, it, it's, it's it was absurd. like before it was trendy. You were like, yes. <laughs> I was, I was always wearing activewear. So from there, you know, I, I was drawn to this company called, which some people might know, or some people might not know, um, Van Deer. And, you know, I worked on the sales floor at first, and then I started doing events. And then that led to me, you know, where kind of, um, you know, my career started, like coming was, I was able to manage the influencer network there. And I was able to manage all the content there and and all these relationships and events. So that's kind of how that happened. So it kind of went from being in the music industry, then being in the fitness industry and working very, very closely with like every single influencer that we had. Mm. And like, what are the types of influencers you you were like in contact with? So the types of, in- do you want names or do you want like more? No, no, no. Just okay. like in general, you know, because I know, I know the company you worked for, but <laughs> maybe not everyone does. Right. So the company, the type of influencers I worked for were very, you know, fitness oriented influencers, um, you know, uh, uh, either health and wellness, very health and wellness, lifestyle, fashion, because the whole thing was, you know, the company that I worked for did everything. Um, mm-hmm. it, they, it's basically what, what it was. You know, it's an active wear. It's a destination for active wear. Right. So what, what like working for that company, what did that do for you? You you mentioned that you had an eating disorder before you started because you said, you know, when I was singing, I wanted to work out and that could have been your eating disorder. Did you know that you had it then or did it kind no. of like, okay. Yeah, I didn't see, see, I knew something was off because, you know, I've, all of my friends were, you know, able to like go out and just eat and not think about it. And I was just, you know, I worked at, I started working out at a very young age and I don't think I knew I had it until I believe it was freshman year of college. Mm. Okay. So tell me more if you would like, if you could just briefly share about your eating disorder? So, you know, when I was 13, I remember it was like a big year for me. (laughs) It was like, I I grew up, I was, you know, I just, into the doctor's eye, I was, you know, overweight, which now looking back now, I was not, I was happy. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of, you know, the, where I grew up, it was very body image based. It was like, who was, who fit into the smallest size, who, you know, who's wearing the smallest, like the same thing, the smallest dress, but really like what it came down to was like, I can't, I remember coming downstairs one day, like I literally came downstairs word for word. I want to be skinny is like the words that I said. I was 13 years old. Like Mm -hmm. I I just came downstairs. I was like, I want to change. So it was the summer going into seventh grade and I had lost a significant amount of weight. And then I started getting compliments from everyone and everyone was like praising me and like all the guys, like I, 
I was the biggest tomboy ever. Like I wore like baggy shorts, with like a basketball jersey. Like I was, I was a through and through tomboy. And then all of a sudden, all my guy friends like weren't my friend anymore. It was like all of a sudden, like this entire existence of me like completely changed because I looked different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it stemmed from that and like getting compliments and feeling like I needed to live up to these compliments. And it just was like this like crazy spiral that just like didn't stop. Um, so I think when I was 13, that's when it started. And throughout the time, I think it was, you know, I say manageable. I say it wasn't like a war, like it wasn't like I needed to felt like I needed treatment at the time when I maybe when I was 13 you know I was younger I didn't have such a crazy sense of like things and like people were able to trick me into like you know my mom and my dad had more of a handle over it but you know as I got older I got smarter and smarter when I mean smarter and smarter I was able to like trick myself and like Mm -hmm. trick other people into thinking I was okay Mm -hmm. I totally get that yeah So that's where that happened. And then, you know, high school, I just, you know, I had just, I just always had very weird eating habits that, that, you know, a normal person would say, it's definitely something to look, look into. But then uh, freshman year of college, I think that's when like, I, you know, went into my own and like, I was often on my own and I just completely didn't know how to take care of myself mm-hmm. yeah right. yeah my my college experience was really similar like college freshman year I feel like my eating disorder really took a dark turn it was like I don't know if it was because I was out of the house or what I'm sure that has a lot to do with it but I don't know it's just like a crazy crazy time so I really always feel feel so much for I mean, I feel for every person struggling, but especially people who are going into college, it's like really hard. Um, And you know, what's also interesting that I found is like we had in in our society today, everyone says freshman 15, freshman 15. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're already putting this like horrible idea into these young, these young, you know, girls and, and guys heads where it's like, you have to make sure that you don't gain the 15, like the freshman 15. And like, it's just so sad that it's that way. Because when I look at it, it's like your freshman year is like, you're enjoying yourself, you're going out, you're eating late, like you're, it's things to not worry about. And like, you know, it's just, I think that's, that's what they make it to be when it should be a happy thing. Yeah, I totally agree. The freshman 15 is not if anyone is out there listening and they're like going to go to school soon or whatever, just don't, don't worry about it. Be my encouragement to you is like, be the friend in your friend group who is like, you know what? We can like eat freely. We don't need to worry about this because your friends will thank you down the line. And I think it's like, I wish I exactly. I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I look back at and even in my experiences, I just always heard it over and over again. And it's something in my town or where I was from, like, it's something that all these people were like, so obsessed with when really, it's just, it's the complete opposite. Like I said, it's happiness, like it's all mm-hmm. all those things lead to happiness. It's like, that shouldn't be like the end all be all. Right. Absolutely. We are going to talk a little bit more about your treatment and like that experience for you Mm -hmm. but I really 
do want to talk about your recent sort of like press with the <laughs> F factor. That's how you say it, right? F factor. Yes, F factor. So I didn't even know about this. I, wow. I had no, I know. I think that means I'm, that, that was a good thing to me. I was no, like, it's wow, a good I, thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm removed from diet culture. Yes. So I don't even really know what it is. I briefly, I, I read your article, um, but so it's a fiber, high fiber diet, but so many women, including yourself, have come out bravely and just been like, wow, this diet has ruined, you know, my life in a sense, not your whole life, but a part of your life. And so, yeah, tell me about this diet, what it is. I don't know. It's it's a restrictive diet. Tell me about yeah. it and your experience with it. So the best way in a short, sweet way to describe a diet is, you know, it's obviously a very high fiber diet, but, you know, there's steps. So there's step one, where it's like the first step, which is very, very, very malnutrition. And then it's like the second step where like you can, oh, now that you're off the first step, you can go into the second step. The first step is, you know, they make you afraid of fruit. They make you afraid of oils. They make you afraid of Anything that's high in carbs, high in fat, they just completely take out of your diet. Um, you know, it's funny. It's like alcohol is fine, but, you know, pancakes is not as long as it's like. And then, you know, everyone that was on the diet were obsessed with these Gigi crackers. So they're like high, high fiber, fiber crackers where it's like make a Gigi pizza, make a Gigi cracker. This, are these crackers that were sold by the diet like itself? No, but Tanya, um, really, really like she, she had a huge partnership with them. I think either way, she just promoted it. Like it was like her own brand. Um, so in her book, she puts the Gigi crackers in her book. She, you know, talks about them. So it's definitely something that they promote. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is just like, you know, the three bite rule like if there's anything that's like out of the if it's like a dessert like you can only have three bites of it (laughs) you know it's there it's little things like that but it's the mentality because you know the whole mentality is like don't indulge and don't like don't not you everything you eat has to be f-factor approved so like if you're having let's say you're having a um you're having Greek yogurt, like there has to be like fiber cereal in it. Like it's just, it makes no sense. I know it was. (laughs) And honestly, the scariest part about it is like people think this is okay. Yeah. So how long were you on this diet? I was on it from 2018, summer of 2018 till September of 2019. So basically until I went to treatment. Yeah. Wow. That's a long, long time. Yes. So how, how did it make you feel? Because obviously it caused a lot of other issues. And I've, I've read that it caused like amenorrhea for women, you know, and gastrointestinal problems. In my mind, I'm thinking if I were to eat a diet that was so high in fiber, like even aside from the, the mental issues the diet would bring just physically – I think my body would hate me. Like it would be, it's so much fiber. I mean, yeah, my body was, I was, it was not happy with me. I mean, you know, quickly just jumping into the diet again, then I'll go back to the question is, 
you know, the diet is a basically like a trick. It's like, it fills you up, it fills you up, but like you're, you're left with like all these cravings and all these things because you're actually not giving your body what it needs. It's like the feeling of fullness, but it's like not actually getting nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to go back to your question, so my symptoms, um, you know, I went to bed every day with extreme, extreme discomfort where I would have to hug myself, like just to like go to bed at night and like have to take medicine to fall asleep just because I was in so much pain by the end of the night. Um, I had lost my period. Um, I had horrible, horrible bloating. I had rashes from, you know, taking the the um powder I wait I was, what powder so they so they have this like <laughs> their f factor powder is basically you know what has been all these products that she's you know promote that that is a part of her brand like the bars the powder um things like that people were getting hives and I actually had similar experiences where I'd have bumps on my face and bumps like all over my body that I didn't understand what was coming from and it was mm-hmm. actually, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have proof of that, but the same thing happened to me that happened to thousands of other women. Hives. Correct. Yeah. Oh, what I is know. in this? What are in these products? I'm sure it's like no one knows. I'm sure it's like a proprietary that's, blend. That's that's the thing. problem. That's oh, the yeah. problem is that nobody knows, and she and there's no COA to like show that. So I think that's you know the big issue, and also just just the way that it makes you feel mentally, like obviously physically, but mental to physical, I was weak. Like I was always in discomfort. I never understood like why, like I, my, my bones were just like not happy with me. Mm. That is horrifying. So obviously this is just another diet. And I say on this podcast everywhere, I say it all over my channels, diets don't work. And, you know, you should know that by now. Not you. I'm not talking to you, Sammy. I'm talking to just <laughs> everyone. <laughs> it's it's really hard not to, to try them out, you know, when they come. But this one definitely sounds like exactly everything I just hate about diet culture. And like there's one person behind it who is manipulating people and making all this money and making people sick. Yeah. Um, And just to touch base on, on that, you know, I, the thing, the thing about it is, is she, I'm not talking about her as a mother. I'm not talking about her as a person. I'm talking about her strictly about her, about the diet, which is her because, you know, she created it. All Mm -hmm. these things that are, is created, you know, it's, it's all disordered eating. It's all disordered relationships. Like I, I, I mean, she, I'm not, I could say this with confidence. Like she definitely has an eating disorder. I mean, there's no question about it. And if someone with an eating disorder is creating a diet, like think about how scary that is. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just a scary thought. Um, you know, that's just my, I don't have any proof of that, but that's just my, you know, I speak to RDs, I speak to other nutritionists and I speak to other, you know, dietitians and they all say the same thing to me that if, you know, they, they would, they would say the same thing. Yeah, they would. And I, I know, like I listen to, sometimes I listen to a podcast by Christy Harrison. She's a dietitian and oh, she's like, isn't it? you like, oh, yeah, I love her. She's great. 
So she talks about how anytime anyone is trying to manipulate their bodies and dieting in any way, it's disordered. So of course, it makes a lot of sense that people who are in the diet culture industry, uh, like weight loss coaches and whatever else, you know, people who create diets like this, it's just like you really need to reevaluate who you're trusting with your body. Like you are putting your trust and your survival and your quality of life in the hands of somebody who has a disordered relationship with food. Like that's really scary when you think about it. And I'm sure that you spent like so much money. I mean, maybe you didn't, but I'm assuming you did. So, you know, the thing about it is I spent a lot of money because it put me, you know, it put me, it, I obviously always had an eating disorder. I, people keep talking to me about this and people that want to keep commenting on it, like it didn't create your eating disorder. It didn't like, n- no, it didn't. I've always had an eating disorder, but, and, you know, it, it did set me off. Like it did. It is the mm-hmm. reason that I started binge eating. It is the reason that, you know, I started like having all these other symptoms that I, I've never had before. And it just like completely, completely made it worse. I mean, it, it was definitely a cause of me going into treatment because, you know, I always, I always thought that I needed help, but this was just like the breaking point where it does prey on people like me. It preys on people. It plays preys on the vulnerable people that are looking for something sustainable and get into the trap of, of the F factor diet, which is completely unsustainable. It's a complete opposite of anything sustainable. It makes it, it creates horrible, horrible, horrible repercussions of your body. I mean, that's the scary part of this diet is that it come. it says that it's a lifestyle. And I think that's why people are drawn to it. And it's a big cult too. I mean, they sell sweatshirts, they sell bracelets. The bracelet is like the, you know, make sure you look at your bracelet to remind yourself to not go into the bread basket. Oh, I mean, gosh. I mean, it's really scary shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like very disordered. I used to do this thing where I would have like my phone background be like a really, really, really skinny girl. Like I yep. used to do that kind of stuff. That's exactly what that is. And I was in like the depths of my eating disorder. So yeah. yeah. Hell no, it's the funny. I don't want that. It's, it's funny too because I just whenever I remember when I'd see her at um, you know, events that we had at Bandier or we were doing like uh, an event with her or whatever, she would always be chewing gum, and I always say to myself like my biggest habit, one of my biggest habits of you know my eating disorder was like chewing mm-hmm. gum. Like mm-hmm. all I did all day, all night was chew gum. It was like my thing, and it's just interesting to me when I you know. I just, I just remember, I, I, maybe I remember wrong, but like, I'm, I'm thinking back to this is like, I just remember her with a piece of gum in my piece of gum in her mouth. And I just like, think to myself, like, aha, like, that's something that I would do. Yeah. I used to chew gum a lot too. I don't chew it anymore. Um, but yeah, I I used to chew it all the time because your body like wants to chew something, Mm -hmm. but you're like tricking yourself into thinking, oh, I'm chewing something and I'm actually not swallowing anything like to eat. So totally yeah. get that the chewing that yeah chewing gum is a bit, it's funny it's like not funny but even with these tiktoks that i'm seeing it's kind of scary that like you know if you had an eating disorder like these are and then it shows all these things and it shows like gum and this and that and i'm just like why are we like it's really scary to me that this is like <laughs> this is what it's been Hmm. yeah i don't even know the tiktok i my tiktok yeah. algorithm like i get on tiktok like maybe once a week 
Um, and whenever I go on, it's just like puppies and cats and like cute Oh, my algorithm is so off. I need to get it. I need to get it fixed. <laughs> I know. Mine's kind of getting off too. I'm like, I what's mean, happening? Everyone, everyone's posting what I eat in a day. I mean, think about how disordered that is and how scary that is to like other people that are watching it. Yeah. Like disordered what I eat in a day is on TikTok. I, and just yeah. like the weight loss check, whatever that trend mm-hmm. is. It's like, yep. Oof. Yeah, you guys out there, you youngsters with a TikTok, look at me, I'm like a grandma. (laughs) Just protect your heart, protect yourself as much as you can. I feel like it's so unpredictable, TikTok, the algorithm. It's not like Instagram. Maybe it is, but I feel like Instagram is a little bit more manageable. Yeah. And well, you can also, you you can manage it a little bit on TikTok, but like once you, it just, you can get into that hole. But I just, you know, I speak to my cousin. And I speak to some of her friends and they're just like, I see, I compare myself to these girls that are eating these things. And I'm just like, I eat so much more than that or eat so much m- less than that. And it's just, it's a very dangerous thing to get into. Mm, I know. I feel sad for my, my nieces too. I mean, they're, they're okay, but I'm just like, yeah. you guys have to really be strong in today's society to combat all this social pressure it's wild. Okay, so going back to your experience with the diet, you said the diet really plummeted you into a bad spot, which makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And then you had an awakening and you decided to go to treatment. I feel like that's when you reached out to me. Yeah. I think I I think that so I like worked with Bandier once or maybe I don't know. So I feel like that's probably when we actually met, but I didn't know you personally. Yes. Um, I did. I think I did send you stuff. (laughs) Yeah, you sent me stuff. Thanks, girl. I still have Uh. that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so then you reached out to me and you said, Hey, I'm going to treatment and you know, thanked me. And it was really cool that you did that. So tell me about your experience with with treatment. So it's actually interesting. I mean, every story is interesting, but this was just like, you know, I went in and I was pretty skeptical and, you know, everyone around me wanted me to go, but I was still like indifferent because I was just like, you know, I loved my job and I didn't want to leave it. And I, I was, you know, I was doing such a, I was doing such amazing things there. So when I went into treatment, it was just like, like I got knocked in the head and I was just, I went in there and I was just like, very resist like I was resisting for sure the first day like I was like I don't need this this is I don't want to be here like da 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 and then I actually met this girl who went to treatment before this and she was just you know she unfortunately had a relapse and she was texting me and she was like listen it's this is going to be what it is like you're going to feel really uncomfortable at first but it's you don't want to live this life anymore and she just and she pushed me and she pushed me and I came back the next day um, you know, my, I, I do think it saved my life for sure. I mean, I, I felt numb for a while. Like I always say, like when you're in your eating disorder, like you feel like you can't feel anything. Cause it's like, you're mm-hmm. so, you're so obsessed and you're so like, like anyone that experiences, it's like, all you can think about is like, you know, the things that an eating disorder comes with, which is just like, it's just a sad, lonely, isolating life. It's like, you don't want to go out. You don't want to do things. You don't want to see people. You, it's like, it's like you're trying to shrink yourself or you're, or, you know, you're whatever type of disorder it is. It's like, you're doing it for, and you're not even like being social. So it's, 
it's really, it's insane. So it was like the first time I was like around people that were work people. And, you know, I, I just remember one of the first time it connected with me is there was a group and it was called like your soul self. So I go into this group and I'm just like, I'm like, can I curse? Of course. I was, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, what, what is this? Like soul <laughs> self, like, nah, like I'm not about this. <laughs> Cause I'm just, I'm just like, I, one thing about me is like, I'm very like, I do not like to be uncomfortable. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, was the best part of it for me. And I just went into this group and we're, and it's, they're like my soul self. I was like, I don't have a soul self. Like who, who, who is this soul self? <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So, you know, they're like, when did you feel like your eating disorder wasn't present? And I was thinking about it and I was like, wow. I was like, I don't even know. I was like, my the one, this one person was sharing, you know, I went to a concert and I was just being present. I was in the moment. I was like, I don't remember the last time I wasn't like I was present and I was here. And like, you know, I, I just, it was just like a wake up call. And it was like, wow, like I, I really needed this. And I was an IOP at the time, which is like an outpatient. And I went every, like, four times a week. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I stepped down because I was like, wow. I really do need this help. And I think those were like the moments that like kind of led me there. And unfortunately, like my first week there, I had to be hospitalized. Mm. So tell me about that. So my body was just in shock. I mean, I was on this F-factor diet. I wasn't giving my body enough nutrition. And, you know, I have a very slow resting heart rate. And, you know, I... I had, I'm, you know, it's like people with low resting heart rates that are just, it's just genetic. It's just like, I should, I require like a lot more, you know, either carbs or like protein than the normal person. And I was just giving, wasn't giving my body that, Mm -hmm. but what led me into the hospital was I changed my diet. So I went from doing that and then eating and the treatment. And then all of a sudden, like my heart went into flutter and it was like freaking out because it was like, what are you doing? Like what's happening? Like, like it just it just wasn't agreeing with anything so Mm. you know I got my vitals taken and my heart rate was like 29 and they were just like all right you're going to the hospital so they needed to like they needed to you know manage me overnight and like check everything and it was just you know I had all these stomach issues and things like that but I think what that was obviously the soul self group was like awakening of seeing like how I thought that I just wasn't present but this was like a five this was in January of 2019 and I was like my fiance comes in the room and he's looking at me and he's in his suit because he just like came from like a client thing and I'm like looking at him and I'm just like I can't do this to myself anymore I'm like I can't do this I can't be this way I want children I want a life like I just can't do this I, I need to get off this diet I need to like put my values into check and I need to like stop whatever I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, from there and out, I think um, a lot changed for me. We're so similar in so many ways. We're just finding out so all weird. these things about us, <laughs> but I also have a slow resting heart rate. Yeah. And um, I, I know what you mean when you start recovery. Sometimes your body, it's like, used to functioning a certain way kind of like in survival mode and then when you start feeding your body like your body systems it takes time to 
yeah, adjust, acclimate yeah. them, like your digestive system. I, I get so many DMs of girls who are like, I am constipated or I'm bloated all the time. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Like that's a part Sit of the journey. Sit in that discomfort. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And it sucks because you're like, you finally take the plunge of like, okay, I'm going to trust my body. But then your body's kind of like, what's going on? But this is like the integral time for you to, I'm talking to everyone out there. This is the integral time for you to, like, this is the hardest part of recovery. That was the hardest part of recovery for me. It was the very beginning of my journey where I was starting to eat more and I felt like my body was not responding the way I wanted it to. Like in my mind, I thought, oh my gosh, when I start eating enough, I'm going to just like blossom as a person, as a woman, like all my weight is going to go to my boobs and like my my butt. And I'm just going to like look so amazing. Like all these Instagram girls who are like a little bigger than me. And it wasn't like that for, you know, it wasn't like that. And it's just a part of the process. So I, I really am, I'm proud of you for Thank continuing you. to, you know, go to treatment and, um, continue on the journey. So how long were you in treatment? If you don't mind me asking, I'm just wondering. I was there for about six months. Like I wasn't, I was in IOP. So I did uh, PHP for a few months and then I went back to IOP, which is, you know, just a level system where it's just like, I would go at night. Mm-hmm. But, you know, through that I've, I've made incredible, incredible connections. And also, you know, other girls are also on the F factor diet. So we had things in common to just like, you know, get over, but you know, I think the hardest thing for me in recovery was just if I had to, it's just like, I just had to completely, you know, tell, think in healthy self dialogue, which if for people out there that don't know what that is, it's just like, you know, it's like, is it your eating disorder talking? Or is it your healthy self talking? Like, am I eating this because I want it? Or am I eating this because it's like feeding into the eating disorder? It's like, I had to like reevaluate every decision I made, because every decision I made was my eating disorder based. It's like taking a walk, or like Mm -hmm. going to a concert or filling time. I think that's like a major thing that people don't even think about is like, yes, food is definitely a symptom, but it's also the other things that like come into play. Like think about it. Like I just remember when I was, when I was like, going to see a movie and I didn't even want to see that movie but I was like oh I'll see that movie it'll be a waste of time like time for me for the day to end and it's so sad but like that's the way that I thought like that's the way that I thought like I just want this day to end so like I don't have to like you know get into that cycle and I think Mm -hmm. also maybe you know something to touch on is you know, binge eating that people really just don't talk about. And it's definitely a huge problem for a lot of women and for men and for people that are on diets, because especially, you know, I got a DM from a girl and she was just like, you know, I'm so embarrassed. Like I would sit in my pantry and I would binge from being on this diet because I was so hungry. And I was just like, you know, it's, it's definitely a scary part of that too. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't talk about binging. And I think when people do, they they just feel such a sense of shame. But right. I, I, so this is interesting. I'm not actually sure if I agree with this, but a part of me does. I have heard people say that like binge eating disorder doesn't exist. It's actually just the result of like restriction, like in any sort of way. Right. That's like the result. It's more like a result than like a thing itself. Which I think I I can get on board with. Like, I can understand that for sure. But I don't want anyone to feel attacked if they, like, 
if they resonate with having binge eating disorder, like I don't want anyone to feel, you know, bad about that. But I think it's binging is a result of dieting for anyone. So I personally have, it is very atypical for me to meet somebody, whether it's somebody in my personal life or somebody through DMs, reach out to me and tell me about their eating disorder and not and not bring up binging. Like 99% of the time it's there. So yeah. you're, you know, you're definitely not alone. It's it's super common. I mean, everyone who restricts binges in my experience. Yeah. I mean, here I mean, here, that's the thing though. Like it's different for every person and I do I do think it is a form of restricting, but I also think it's a form of of an eating disorder. It's like there's different forms where people want to just say that anorexia it's it's very easy to diagnose anorexia but but it's like it's it's scary because you just any you could have a eating disorder at any weight like Mm -hmm. nobody knows what you're doing behind closed doors and that's the scary part and that's why like everyone I was you know I'll go to doctors and I have to remind myself like you know Sammy like they're gonna say stupid things they're not gonna say like the right things things that you want to hear because they don't like keep in mind that mental health is an actual issue like you don't see someone with mental health issues yes you do see people like with eating disorder where it's like you know the you know the pictures that you see with the person in the mirror but I think what people the more and more people educate themselves is that you can be have an eating disorder at any weight and binge eating is definitely one that it's like it is a form of restriction, but it's also a form of like emotion. And it's something that think people do and they don't, they, a sense of control. So mm-hmm. I think just to touch on that, just, you know, just educating people as much as I can and learning what I have just through, through treatment. Right. And I, I, th- I feel like you could probably say the same thing, but in my experience with treatment, I went to treatment too. Um, I feel like more than, half of the people there were not considered like underweight and it sucks not one person there not one person there I'm not even kidding like that's the scary part that's why BMI and that whole system is just like it's just it's gotta go it's gotta go absolutely and I also think the the words atypical anorexia is used to describe people who have or have anorexia but aren't underweight I think that's right I'm not 100% sure but I think it's just such a shame I'm like what is the deal like mm-hmm. the weight the weight that you have on your body is like the tip 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 of the iceberg and the rest of it is like what anorexia really is or what you know bulimia really is or just what an eating disorder really is it's so so much more than your weight I mean yeah so much more I mean, I was diagnosed more with orthorexia, which is, you know, the obsession to eat a certain way and, and you have anxiety that when you're when your food is not there, you have anxiety, like making sure like, you know, I think people just don't know so much of different disorders and like they don't even realize that they have it because it's just this it just doesn't exist. It just they have no education on it. And you know, mm-hmm. my I think a book also to read is Life uh, Without Ed is a great, great book um, that, you know, I made my fiance read, my mom read, and I think it really helped them understand kind of what I was going through. Life Without Ed, Life Without yeah. ED. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll link it down below if I can like find it online or something. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, cool. Yeah, orthorexia is like this up and coming thing, you know, eating disorder that didn't used to exist and now it does. And I personally, you know, being in the industry, we're kind of in similar industries. We're kind of in 
or we were mm-hmm. in similar industries, kind of in different industries. Um, but I do feel like orthorexia is so common with a lot of models who mm-hmm. haven't like hit rock bottom yet. You know, they're still kind of like dieting in a way. And, and it's, it is scary because it's hard to see that you have orthorexia until you're on the other side, you know, and then you're like, oh, wow, that was so disordered. But in your experience with like working with fitness, I mean, I don't want to call anyone out and not everyone in the fitness industry has orthorexia, but did you feel like looking back, a lot of those people did? Um, yes. I, out of like, if I were to like give a percentage out of a hundred percent, I would say 70% of them had it. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not, it's also to do with like working out. I mean, it's like, God forbid they miss a day of working out. I mean, I was like that too. God forbid I missed a day of working out. Like my whole world was going to end. Like it would lead me into a spiral. I would, I would be like, fuck it. And like binge. And you know, it's just, it's the scariest part of it is like the fitness industry, the people in the fitness industry, we don't know what they do behind closed doors. And I was very close to a lot of these influencers and they're promoting a certain thing and behind closed doors, they're, they're, they're going to their therapist and things like that for an eating disorder as well. So Mm. it's just like very scary of like who you can trust. And also another thing is like a lot of these a lot of these people that I worked with, it's like, it's like who can be smaller than the next or who, who can, it's like, it's, it, that's a scary part too, is like, you just don't know. It's just like, when does it end? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, I can see that being on the other side now, but yeah, while you're, while you're scrolling through your feed and seeing these people, it's so hard to think about that. You know, you just think, oh, their life is so happy same with other models. Their life is so happy. They just like go to the best events and have the best friendships and have the greatest life. So balanced, you know, so balanced. And then in reality, you just never, you never, ever know no, you what's don't. going on. And you can't like just going back to what we said earlier, you you can't put your trust in in other people in that way, in the way that you live your life, because that is, you know, you just never know what these people are doing. Yeah. So it just takes you out of your intuition. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is like the value system. That's something that I've learned too, is just like, what are your values? Like, and also like every single person is so different and every single, every single, like I always say, like if you're controlling your body, like if you're constantly controlling it by food and exercise, like you're not letting your body be where it needs to be. Um, it, it can only go on for so long and it's just not a life to live to just be obsessed with that. And I think that's in the fitness industry, it's just like, who can go harder, who can go stronger. And I think especially in New York, I know it's, it's, it's interesting because you're in LA and I was in New York. Um, and I actually went to LA a few times for work and it was a very different experience for me. I think it's two, it's, it's, it's two completely different experiences for me. Um, what is it what was it like like I want to know New York I feel like people like work out hardcore and LA it's more like you know they have to do it because they don't want to ruin their makeup and then Mm. they and then they like it's at least for the people that I I was around you know they don't want to ruin their makeup and then you know they do things behind closed doors so it's just, I think group fitness is very, it's big in LA, but I think personal training is a little bit bigger there. Where in, in New York City, group fitness is like everything. Wow. Yeah. That That's was wild. my experience. 
Interesting. Yeah, that just goes to show like anyone out there listening. Yeah, don't forget that these influencers who are showing up and posting on their feed or their YouTube, these workouts, like they were, you know, in hair and makeup, you know, getting it done. And they probably honestly didn't eat anything before Mm -hmm. they recorded that. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much little stuff that you just don't think about when you're in that mindset. And like I actually said this recently, I don't, I have no idea where, maybe in a video, maybe in a different podcast, but I was talking to Rio one day, this is probably a couple of months ago. I was like, I kind of feel like I should be working out more. Like, I don't feel like I work out that much. And he's like, right. well, compared to who? I was like, I don't know, like all these people uh, I see on Instagram. And he's like, Katie, you aren't a fitness influencer like that's not your role like that's not normal like just look around you at the rest of the world like no one does that that's not like real and do you do you want to be those people and I'm like you know what I don't want to be those people I I love my life like I feel so happy and content I have great friends and yeah it's just interesting I think yeah I think that's a really (laughs) that's a great example of of what your husband said, like, that's not the norm. Like, you know, that's what my, that's what Jeff says, my fiance, he's like, he's like, most people like work like all day and like, don't even get to work out. And like, if they do, it's maybe like once a week, maybe twice. Like, it's just the type of, you know, industry that we see and we're in. Cause like some of my friends, like don't know from that, but I was so in it in Bandier that it was like, all I knew was like, workouts and you know diets and the trendy food and and you know it's just there's a reason why they make so much money is because then it 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 attracts all these people you know it's just like a big big bubble yeah I totally get it yeah I know I'm really I'm happy the industry is changing like the modeling industry is getting better but I'm still hoping the fitness industry will kind of get a little bit, I mean, not kind of, I hope it does get more, you know, body positive and less yeah, aesthetic I also, focused. Yeah. I also have something that I do too. I only go to instructors that focus on like mind and like feeling good and not like looking good. Like as soon as I hear an instructor be like, you'll get the long lean lines or like, burn off the Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. meal I'm like fuck that like absolutely not like I'm very particular of like who I take and like the reason why I'm taking it because if I'm going to work out it's going to be a workout that like makes me feel good and that makes me feel bad and I think that's like something that people should like keep in mind it's like really really think about who you're going to take a class from or who you're like you know going to watch because these people are are trying to like get you through a workout but your workout should be fun like it shouldn't be something that you feel like you need to do or you need to work off mm-hmm. so how do you do that how do you so dis- I decide I definitely had I listen I had a I had the colorful rainbow of disordered and definitely was a workoutaholic like I was intense um I think how I do that is I can always tell now just from like treatment and like seeing other instructors and like how they how they are on social media or what they promote or how they are in class because like I I was like a, a avid soul goer, goer I would do bar I would do different things but you know I I always remember that I would go to certain like certain instructors that were like 
how do you feel how do you feel like what are like mentally like thinking things like that instead of focusing on the body like instead of focusing so solely on like burning calories and things like that so I think I'm very careful of who I choose to you know work out with that's good yeah, yeah, I like that. For anyone out there who is in the space where they can work out again, which is not everybody, but, yeah. um, it, you know, it's, it's so good. That's really good advice. I've never even thought about that. Wow. Do you have anything else you want to say? You have so much wisdom. I really <laughs> appreciate it. We could, we could do like a million podcasts. We need to do one in the future because you have so much wisdom. I mean, just Thank from you. treatment and just living it. I mean, just living and working in the fitness industry is so, you know, just like me in the modeling industry, I was surrounded by, you know, really, really hard, very disordered circumstances. And so are you. So mm-hmm. just like you, I had to take a break from work when I did treatment and like get new agents and just totally reshape my life. So, well, that is incredible. Yeah. And I'm proud of us both. Yeah, I am too. Thanks. I really Thank just you. am proud of and anyone listening to this, like just know that it's all you can do is try and all you can do is just make sure that like unfollow anyone that makes you feel bad. You know, make sure like educate yourself and maybe learn about things that you haven't before and you know, that's definitely what I what I I my mission is in life is just to make sure that no one goes through what I did and hopefully people can, you know, start understanding how damaging it can be just diet culture and and the fitness industry of like, you know, just the dark hole that it can get you into. Yes, Sammy. Yeah. I love your mission. I just love you. You're just amazing. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, I will leave all of your links down below i don't know if you have anything else besides instagram maybe you do uh right now just an instagram i haven't uh dabbled in that area yet (laughs) (laughs) well that's fine i love your instagram you post like really fun little content and real content so give her a follow and i'll i'll also leave that book so your youtube channel was one (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I need to leave my YouTube channel down below. Maybe I do. Maybe people (laughs) (laughs) just search me in the podcast. (laughs) I'll start doing that from now on. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. Thanks for having me. Yes. Okay, you guys. Isn't she wonderful? Check her out. Uh, Her Instagram is so inspiring. So check it out in the show notes. And thank you all so much for listening. Please don't forget to leave a rating and a review and subscribe if you would like uh really supports this podcast and i just love hearing your feedback so thank you guys again and i'll see you on the next episode of take the cake bye everyone